and I don't think I've, I've um, read it since that time, but I just want to share it this morning. And it's based on one of the first things I was ever taught in the faith. I'd never heard the word deliverance before, before I started attending the prophetic church. But we know what we believe in this regard. But I just, I just want to read this one because it's fun. And the other part is because it just brings such amazement to me when you look at where you were in that moment, you said yes. And then you look into that place where you are 22 years later. This was the exact first word that came bubbling out of me um, 22 years ago. And I want to share that. And I hope that it causes some of you to remember. I'm seeing the different writings and the poems and things God gave me as memorial stones. And we have a lot of stones that we can pick up and remember the good that God did. I don't even recognize the person here, but I want to read it. It's called Deliverance. He knew me well, even though I was the darker sister, a dangerous sister, a lion sister, always crying sister, always trying to hide sister. Beneath the deep cracks my eyes bore through on the sidewalk and inside the tiny dots carefully placed on my bedroom ceiling as I counted them at night as I lay in bed alone, screaming on the inside so, so many times. He stepped forward, watching, waiting, helping, baiting, making a way for me, for me, the darker sister, even though I refused to acknowledge him. He cried a thousand tears for my transgressions and sent soldiers one after another to reach me and teach me from the four corners of the earth and from the heavens and still I did not hear him. He knew me well and he continued to love me. He comforted my heart when I didn't know it was hurting and blindly I still fought, but he reached me through my soul my sacred place, my spiritual consciousness, and push the hurt, the lies, the deceit, the anger, the rage, up, 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 and out. And carefully, gently, he began to cleanse me. He loved me and revealed only those things through deliverance that he knew would bring me closer to his glory, to tell his story through my tripping and flipping and dipping. Step by step, he led me, the darker sister, a father calling out to his baby girl, his pride, his joy, the love of his life and my salvation. He was a gentleman. He knew me well and he loved me, then light broke through the crevice of this heart and gave me hope and peace and understanding like I've never known and a path on which to carry this soul. My God, my God, he knew me well, the darker sister, they said, better even than I knew myself. And I just want us to be encouraged this morning and for the first um, year of my life. And you know, I, I was excited about the um, testimonies. Deborah said she had, she was thankful that she was finding so much more. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. I've been talking about 
finding more for a long time now. You know, I, I, many years ago, I wrote this article, there's got to be more. And uh, it's the force that's just driven me forward, looking for more. And uh, when I woke up this morning, I was singing this little song inside of myself. You know, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body. That's right now. I mean, God wants to quicken us. In fact, I had a ministry called quickening at one time because God wants to quicken us. And even though we have an intellectual understanding of resurrection, God, even no matter where we are, wants to quicken us even further today and to awaken us into a greater measure of understanding how to walk in this realm right now. This scripture goes on to say, it's not by obligation, but those that are led by the spirit are the children of God. And I know for me, there's nothing more important than learning this about this force that can quicken me. I, I uh, pastored a church for 14 and a half years. I, I told you about that. But I, I moved with containers full of talks, uh, file cabinets full of talks and And I can't use them anymore because our old ideas are not what God is saying now. It's not God speaking now. It was what he had to say then, but what is God saying now? And everywhere I travel, I find pastors and ministers who are tired of this old system and they're giving up. And a lot of you, I think, have found the Scribal Conservatory because it does present you with more than what you're hearing anywhere else, because there has to be more. And we have to refuse to be limited by existing stereotypes. Sometimes that's hard for us when we hear something really new and we go, whoa, wait a minute here. But um, the more is discovering new dimensions. The more is getting on the next elevator it's finding the missing pieces and uh in that god has to tear down the limits of my mind and the the god has a lot more to say and the only limit the only limit is my understanding my comprehension the limits of my mind we can look at the first uh slide here and i don't know if you agree with me or not but it it says um there's just got to be more can you can you agree with me on that can you just say that with me there's got to be more can i hear you can you just say that there's got to be more there's got to be got to be more there just has to be there's got to be more there's got to there be more. There has got to be more. Yes. It's, it's okay. There's got to be more. Yes. Amen. And um, a, a lot of you are even now at a place of uh, discontent. I mean, the church is practicing strange superstitions and notions that have very little to do with 
redemptive truth. And here we are, and a lot of us are just in discontent, impatient, looking, looking for whatever it is that God is trying to say. And I, I realized, you know, I, I even repented for years for being discontent. And then I realized it was divine discontent because God can't bring us further until we're discon- discontented with what we think we know. So on and on and on we go where we have to hold what we think we know like this and just say, I, I, I really don't know anything. I don't know anything. There's just got to be more dimensions. There has to be more dimensions. You know, this is, we're, we're on the brink of a new thing. That's why we can't see any further. It's not the end of the world right now, as so many prophets are predicting, but it is the end of an era, which is how that those words translate. It's the end of the era, and, and we're on the brink of a new era. And in that transition, trying to find the more, that's the frustration. It's the end of the old. And we're walking into this where, where we can fly the moon and not know our neighbors. And we have so many medical breakthroughs, but we still don't feel good. You know what I'm saying? The progress in the in the world is not meeting what we need. I don't know if I can even communicate this. I had a this this book I wrote here a long time ago. It's called Whole and Holy, and uh, I had it all finished, and it was one of the first books I wrote. And I actually wrote most of it when I was in Guam. But one day, I, I lost the whole book on my computer. It just vanished, just totally vanished. And I had put a year or two into it, and I was just so, so distressed. I called my husband, and I forced him to come home from work and, uh, and to find the book. And he would find, and so he went into the computer languages and he found a sentence here and a sentence there and a little piece over here. And uh, the whole book was inside my computer, but I couldn't find it. And that's kind of like where we are. We are knowing that we have the content of what we need to know, but some of it we can't find. And some of it we have to search for. So we have to move then out of faith and into faith. And we have to transition into another level. Another level where we realize we don't just worship, but we are worship. That we realize that I am the gospel of the kingdom. My proclamation is only as powerful as my lifestyle. But I have to transition to new levels. I have to move 
myself into unknown territories. Are you with me? Yeah. One time, it just came to me, one time a, a, a lady that I was mentoring, her husband died. And I, I had been very close to him and, in fact, visited him a couple of days before. And I was in, um, I was in Arizona, I was in Alabama. I was in Alabama when she called me that her husband had passed. And it was about five or six hours away. And I prayed to get to her as fast as I could. And somehow the Lord got me to her in about an hour. Now that's new dimensions. You see, there are new dimensions that we need to perceive and to know that they're accessible to us. I promise you, it happened. And I called the pastors where I was and I told them I was here and, and they couldn't even believe that I had hardly even gotten in the car, but I had gotten here so fast. Because God wants to take us into new frequencies. Do you know that uh, dogs and birds hear on higher frequencies than we do? We can't comprehend it, but it's there. We're talking about new dimensions. Porpoises and dolphins communicate beyond our discernment. Elephants talk to each other on lower levels than we can hear. The sounds are still there, but we can't perceive it. But there are dimensions in the Lord where we can get to if we just know that they're waiting for us to heat. They're waiting for us to plug in and hear this new thing. We can't, we can't see magnetism. We can't see gravity. But they're there, right? They're, they're limited light spectrums that we can't see, but they have force. There's infrared and visible light, red to violet and ultraviolet and x-rays and gamma rays and cosmic rays. They're there. But we can't see them. We can't comprehend them. What I'm saying is there's more to living in, in this life than we have even begun to comprehend. There's sound waves, ultra frequency, ultrasound, ultrasonic, high frequencies, super high frequencies. <clears throat> you ever ever gotten in a place where you know that the Lord's trying to tell you something and you can't quite hear it? Well, we have to get into that new dimension into that place of hearing that the Lord is telling us there's more, but it's beyond our comprehension right now. Are you with me? Praise God. So I was thinking about how hard it is to comprehend new dimensions and seeing them because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken me as I I'm open to understanding what the Lord has for me. And I, I and I, I think about when Adam, when the first couple were created and formed, uh, 
they were uh, emotionally stable. They had dominion, but they didn't know it. They didn't understand it. But when the serpent came, he said, don't eat from this tree. When I'm sorry, the God, God said to the first couple, let me correct that. Don't eat of this tree because when you eat of it, you'll die. That was a promise. You can eat of every single thing else, but don't eat of this tree. And then the serpent came and he said, you won't die if you eat of this tree. Your eyes will be open. And this is part of my uh, connecting book that I, I spent a big, long time writing, <laughs> writing this book, explaining this scripture here. But the idea is that the serpent said their eyes would be open and their eyes were open when they ate. Their eyes were open, but they saw in a different way. And so what happened in the fall was they lost a dimension. And it's hard to comprehend what that means. So I'm thinking about what if you are like you are. And. Uh, And we're, we're walking along, and the Lord tells us to do something, and we, and we don't do it, and we fall off a cliff, and when we fall off a cliff, we lose who we are, and we become this. See, this is a second, this is a two dimension. So I, when I fall, I lose this dimension and I become this dimension. See, that's kind of easier to see, isn't it? When they ate of the tree, they lost a dimension in their life. They lost the ability to be immortal. They lost everything that that gave him the eyes to see what God was saying. The dimension, then if we can translate this into who I am and then a dimension beyond me, like this is the dimension of the fall, but what I am is the dimension of the fall. So what is it that I fell from? Or where is it that God is trying to bring us to? Because physical death and emotional instability and separation from God, they're all part of this fall. <coughs> they're, they're, they're mental processes of deciding they're going to do what they want to do. Cause them to step out of dominion into their natural mind. And they perceive differently, didn't they? They had eyes to see but their perception was different than it had ever been before. And this is the major plan. If anything can cause you to see differently, that's the fallen nature. If you begin to see differently, if you decide, see, every day you have a chance and you have a choice. Are you going to eat of this tree or are you going to eat of this tree? Every single day, you have a choice of what tree you're going to eat out of. Are you going to eat out of the tree of, of, 
of good and evil or the tree of life. We tend to always eat out of the tree of good and evil because that's what's popular. That's what's fed to us. That's what we see. The major plan is for us to see this falling place, this place that we've fallen to, is to get us to see and to react in the dimension of the fallen nature. And and the only way that we can be defeated in this life, the only way that you can lose traction today in your life is to start seeing in a fallen way. This, this fallen nature blinds us. We, we, we begin to interpret trouble from this fallen place. Where we are, I, I, I look at these problems in my life and I go, I'm the only one in the world that has these problems. <laughs> because from the level of the fallen nature, we begin to think. We're confused. We're double-minded. There's, there's, there's two ways of seeing. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you, you, you've got to be born again to see. Right? Because there's a different kind of seeing or perception that, that we walk in. So here we are in, in the world that's all concerned with uh, our house, our car, our bills, our spouse or not a spouse or fads or fashions. Uh, should my necktie be wide or thin? You know, these are, these are big concerns. And then I read the other day that uh, duck dishes are out and cow dishes are in <laughs> because we want to be politically correct on everything. We want to accommodate society. We want to we want to uh, satisfy this fallen nature and this need to see this way instead of the way that God has brought us into. Now <clears throat> I want to share with you. <clears throat> these scriptures that have been my contemplation. Uh, can I have the next slide, please? This has to be one of my favorite scriptures. And I, if I've told it to you before, that's good because we need to think about it again and again and again and again. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than Having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Oh, my God, what a scripture. But God has demonstrated his love to me in that while I was in sin, Christ died. How many of you are glad that Christ died for you? Just let me see your hands. Let me. Are, are, are you glad that Christ died for you? Amen. I mean, th that's that's what we celebrate on, on Easter, isn't it? My, I was thinking about my, uh, my granddaughter a couple years ago when she was going to a Christian school and they asked her about celebrating Easter. And she said, my family doesn't celebrate Easter. We celebrate Easter revolution day <laughs> she meant resurrection day but i thought revolution day was even better 
Even better. While Christ died for us, he died for us when we were sinners. But then it says, and this is what just gets me, much more than Christ dying for us when we were sinners. Did you know that there's much more than that? Much more. Much more than Christ dying for you when you were a sinner. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Oh, my God. Saved from wrath. Did you know that God's not angry with you? Much more than Jesus dying for you. You're saved from an angry God. You're saved from wrath. You're saved from punishment. You are saved from judgment. Much more. We aren't going to face the judgment seat because Christ paid completely for everything. For much more. He saved us from wrath. He saved us from punishment. He saved us from eternal punishment. He saved us I don't care what your philosophy is. Jesus saved us from wrath and from anger. My God, is there anything more important? I mean, we live and we feel guilty and we feel like we've disappointed God. We are saved from that. We are saved from wrath. Even more than Jesus dying for us when we were sinners. I wish I could hear you. I wish I could hear you because this is this is one of the most important things that you'll ever, ever learn for yourself. We're talking about dimensional understanding uh, that we stop walking like this, that we stop walking in the second day, that we stop behaving like we can't be good enough, that we stop wondering uh do we deserve it that we've lost our identity we've got to stop that and understand that god has given us so much more than we have ever imagined or thought next slide please for if we were enemies if while we were enemies we were reconciled to god through the death of his son how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved by his life I could just I could just sit there for years and meditate on this scripture. We have to understand that God is bringing us into new dimensions if we can understand it. That we were reconciled. Do you know what that word reconciled means? It means to change completely. For when we were enemies, we were changed completely. We were changed completely. And here's the definition. Reconciliation is the act by which God brings mankind into a completely changed relationship with himself. From guilt, being a sinner, hostility and alienation into harmony, peace and fellowship and true love. We were reconciled, 
we were not we are being right but we were changed completely this is the revealing of christ coming forward in us in that jesus lives he lives in me and he lives in you and we share this abundant life that life that quickening spirit that god is trying to give us and not just mentally in our conversation but to understand that we must move we are saved by his life much more having been reconciled oh my god oh my god not saved by his death now you see but much more because we are changed completely now we are saved by his life are are you following me we are saved by his life not we were saved by his death and now we are saved by his what his what tell me his life much more life thank you much more we be saved by his life that's zoe the active vital vigorous life from god that lasts forever and ever we much more than about the death of his son which we've been honoring this weekend but much more than that it's the life of god that saves us that saves us we're we're trying to move now the cloud is trying to move in us we're trying to work out in our soul what is already perfected in jesus and the cloud is moving and trying to reveal to us more more than christ dying for us More than that, more than understanding that our eyes have been blinded, it says, by the God of this world. The same event, the same event brings us into being able to see in a greater way. Enoch found a a new dimension, didn't he? And he walked with God and was not. Jeremiah's, <laughs> the Lord said, what do you see? And the question was, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, I see an almond tree. And the Lord said, you see well, for I'm ready to perform my word. God said to Abraham, as far as you can see, I'll give it to you. Now, I know we know these scriptures, but as far as you can see, that's your limit. Your limit in life is as far as you can see. Now that brings us a dimensional understanding that it's not these physical eyes, but as far as we can see spiritually. Next slide, please. So Christ, this is Hebrews 9. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. That's what we've been talking about, right? But he will appear a second time. Lord, help us. Open our eyes to see this, Lord. But he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation, wholeness 
to those who are waiting for him. He's appearing a second time. Not to bear our sin, because that was already born for us, but to bring salvation, wholeness inside of ourselves. Wholeness to believe that everything he gave us is ours right now. And, and so I was taught that this all comes in heaven when we finally get there, that we get this inheritance. But but the second time Jesus comes, when is the second time that he comes? Is he coming in a rapture? Is he coming at the end of the world? Or is he coming right now as soon as we begin to see him? He appears in us. He appears in us. It's the revealing of Christ in the people, which has been my motto, my message for 30 years. Jesus is, it's the revealing of Christ in a people, that coming forth, the appearing the second time. And God wants to appear in you and in me, that quickening spirit that raised him from the dead. That is the Easter message, the resurrection message. Not that, not that Jesus rose from the dead, but that I raised from the dead. That's, that's the resurrection message. That, that I raised from the dead. That I begin to see who I am and that you raised from the dead. Lord, in Jesus' name, God. Give us the eyes to see this more clearly than we have before. Even though we've taught it, even though we've heard it, Lord, let us find this dimension. When Jesus died, that veil was rent in two. That veil was 12 inches thick. It was rent in two that we can have access into the fullness of everything that was given to us. We we don't know what this these realms are that God's trying to open to us. We get glimpses. Sometimes we see like this into a place that we haven't seen before. We don't know how to live up to our potential. The, Jesus said, "Lift up your eyes. Can't you see that the harvest is ready?" We but 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 we have to come into this place of knowing that there is more. And if I can just encourage you today, just to know there's more for you today. There's more than your doubt. It's okay to question, but you have to understand that if you're walking in this fallen mentality (coughs) of depression and despair, then we aren't seeing the potential of being raised from the dead now. Not after we die and go to heaven, which we've been told for so long, but the potential is to raise from the dead now. I was thinking about um, when I went to Iloilo one time, it's an island in the Philippines. And I had a church there, and there was a meeting 
I don't know, maybe I've told you about this before, but it really applies to what I'm trying to tell you here. Um, there were about 500 people in this uh, in this meeting, and it was a, it was a good it was a really good meeting. And uh, then I at toward the end, I asked the pastor's wife to come up and pray for her. And I had no idea what she was going through. I uh, found out later that she had a child that had just died, but I, I didn't know it at the time. But when I, uh, she came up to me, it was just such a sense of desperation in her. And when I put my hand on her, on her belly, and it was like um, my hand, it was, it felt like my hand passed through her. I don't know how to explain it to you, but it was just like, and I felt like the Lord was dealing with that ache inside of her. But as that happened, I swear to God to you, the entire, every single person in that meeting fell out like that. Boom. And everybody, <laughs> even the people that were standing beside me, everybody, and I'm just and I'm standing there realizing that I was in a new dimension, realizing that I'd crossed into something that I had never known before. And that we have to understand that there, there is a reality. We hear so much that it's hard for us to believe. It's hard for us to step into the future and understand that God has given us the power to decree in another realm. He tells us to call things that are not as though they are. We have expectation that has to be reformed. We have to view life differently. We have to view our disappointments differently. We... It was like when Jesus told the Samaritan woman, you worship what you don't know. And it's kind of like, like in that place of we're worshiping God, but we, we really don't fully know who he is or what he's done for us in this resurrection. So let, let's just talk about what Jesus has done. Um, if I can have the time to do that, if that's okay. Okay, the next slide, please. Oh, I don't know what happened to that slide. This is Colossians 2. And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of the flesh, he has made you alive together with him. Okay, let's just look at that part. And you being dead. How many of us are dead? Paul saying you're dead. Are you dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh? Are you dead to that? 
or are you keep dying and dying and dying and dying and dying because Paul said you're dead. And then he said, he has made you alive together with him. <laughs> well, a lot of us don't like that idea. I mean, it's okay for me to be alive with some of you, but some of you don't want to be alive together with me. But you see, the whole secret is <laughs> that we're alive together. Now we are at Koinonia again. He's made us alive together with him. Because this is all a, a joint, uh, this new dimension is being alive together. Having forgiven all of your trespasses. <clears throat> See, there again it is. He's already having forgiven everything. Having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against you. That was contrary to us. So, have, and he has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Listen, <clears throat> there's nothing that we have done that he hasn't already taken care of. And he has not only wiped it out, but he's canceled it. He nailed every sin possible that I have done. He nailed it to the cross and took it with him. He's not angry at me. Uh, I don't have to be guilty. He nailed every disappointment that I could be to other people. He already nailed it to the cross. And then it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them. So here we have some of the things that happened in the resurrection. Jesus defeated death. Right? He made us alive. <laughs> in him together. He gave us his authority. He gave us eternal life together. He didn't just forgive our sins. He canceled them. He saved us from wrath. And guilt and shame and self-reproach. God is not angry with me. In fact, he's not angry. I'm pleasing to him. God was fully satisfied. He squashed the principalities and powers. He wiped them out. If you're still praying to the devil, having warfare, verbal warfare with the devil, you've missed the scripture that Jesus already wiped out all the principalities and powers and, and the evil spirits. <laughs> I don't know what we think we're doing when we pray, Satan, I rebuke you. Well, he's wiped out. For God's sake, you have to either believe the Bible or believe the traditions of men. And here we find it's it's like it's like King David parading down through town, taking the head of Goliath 
and dragging this head down the street and making a public spectacle for everyone to see. See, that's what Jesus did. He took, he defeated the enemy. So why are we spiritually mapping the devil if he's defeated? Come on. Why are, uh, my theology has changed over the years of dealing with this topic. And I'm telling you, I, I used to be where a lot of you are now. But we, we have to find a more accurate approach. We must apprehend the fact that the blood of Jesus severs our ties with the devil. We have to understand that we are not fighting a, a, a red-horned monster. I know when my kids went, my kids went to this uh, nursery in Alaska and the pastor of the church would put on this devil costume and run into the nursery and scare the kids so the kids would get born again. But what is it that we're telling ourselves? We are not acknowledging the fullness of redemption is that Christ has already defeated all principalities and powers, making a spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Now, if you want to keep, I've had a lot of churches tell me that I could come speak at their church if I don't talk about the devil. Because you see, they don't want, they don't want their people to have any other ideas. They're spending 24 hours a day, week-long prayer meetings, fighting against this perceived enemy that Jesus has already conquered. What we need to teach people is that you have the authority over every evil thing. Get up and walk over the top of it. So the believers in the early church, when Paul was writing this, when the other uh, apostles were writing these scriptures, they, they had to fight the fight of faith against an enemy. Yes, they did. And it was a tangible enemy. It was the Roman army of overwhelming force they had to it was it was not the enemy inside the church <laughs> they were fighting the unbelieving armies outside the church not the devil within uh, the other believers life inside the church is that clear <sighs> this is a moment for you to shout because if, even if you've heard it before, I, I'm pretty sure that you keep wondering why these bad things are happening to you and wondering if the devil has really got a hold of something in your life. And you got to understand that the devil has no power unless you yield to it. Okay, so it's the traditions of the church that keep us begging and striving. It's tradition that keep you from understanding your full, the fullness of your identity. Now, so, so Jesus, when he entered into his passion, on his way to Calvary, he said, 
now, he said, now the prince of this world will be cast out. So we have to understand, and this is part of the finished work and what I've been talking about for a long time. Did Jesus finish what he came to do? He said it's finished. So then we have to ask, is Adam's sin finally finished and forever dealt with? The fall, the thing that brought us out of the dimension that we were created to walk in. Is that finished? Or are we still walking less than we're supposed to? Is it finished in me? Because he said now, the prince of this world be cast out. So is Adam's sin dealt with? The disobedient. Because Jesus is the new Adam. And he's introduced a new way of life. So then what I I, want to suggest to you is that if Adam's sin is forgiven, then is Eve's sin forgiven? She was later named Eve, but can this, the fall, the sin of the fall and the accusation against women still be affecting and limiting women? Or did Jesus conquer that too did he is the prince of this world cast out did jesus conquer the transgression of the woman at the fall this is a huge topic for each of us to really comprehend can i have the next slide please and uh this is from my travels this is a Uh, catacombs in um, in Italy and uh, this is where they bury the dead underground because the early Christians didn't want to be uh, cremated so they buried them in the ground and this was a whole city that was buried I mean hundreds and hundreds there's Aisleways that go out in every direction here. And uh, you can see that the graves aren't very big because the people weren't very big. The people were about five foot tall. They they were smaller in those days because of the uh, people now have grown a lot bigger than they used to be because of nutrition and things like that. So we're talking about about being delivered as women. So let me see the next slide here. Uh, At the entrance to this city of buried people was this woman here that I found. And and she was standing, uh, she was positioned at the front of this cave and all of the cave entrances were behind her she was definitely the ruler of this city and her name was Batalia and you can see um, above her hands you can see that there's book and it says Matthew Mark Luke and John her name was Batalia and she was the uh, 
evangelista or and, and the ruler of this city. So here we see the completion of what Jesus has done. How how long are we going to walk under inequality? How long are we going to walk under the power of patriarchy? You know what patriarchy is? It's the rule of men. Now, patriarchy is the rule of wicked men. Patriarchy, patriarchal men rule other men and rule all women. And it is the source of prejudice. How long are we going to allow prejudice to affect us? Because Jesus said now, now this this uh, prince of the world is cast out. So prejudice cannot be a part of our thinking. We cannot entertain prejudice. We cannot entert- let we cannot let this negativity of prejudice affect us in the way that we respond to people because it's already cast out. It cannot be limiting me. I cannot allow the prejudices of other people to affect my identity or to cause me to respond. Next slide, please. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense, many died, that's Adam because of Adam's failure, much more the grace of God and the gift of God And the gift by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. So much more. We're talking about much more. And here it is, the much more abundance of grace. So we have much more of the second appearing, much more of grace. Let's go on and and understand that now the accumulation of all the past has come. And Satan is cast down, who accused us before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Your your soul realm battle is in this second day. Your battle, your fight for mental wholeness is in this second day mentality. We have to understand that there's a higher law. There's a higher place for us to live. Paul said, "My, my children, my children, for whom I travail in birth again until Christ is formed in you, till the fullness of Christ is formed in you. There's new places. New places for us to discover. There's new answers. There's new worlds for us to discover. There's the richness of our inheritance that we want to find. So let's look at the next slide. Oh, we already did that one. Okay. All right. Let's let's uh, go to the next one. So here we are, we're saying that we're dead, we're alive, we're forgiven, evil is disarmed, 
He will appear a second time, which he's doing right now. The sacrifice has ceased. And, and, and we look at this um, scripture here, which is another one of my most favorite. Eight days later, three of them saw the glory. And Jesus took Peter and the brothers James and John and led them to a high mountain. And his appearance changed from the inside out right before their eyes. And sunlight poured from his face and his clothes were filled with light. You see, Jesus is showing another dimension. He's showing us a new dimension. Romans 12, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, transfigured, turned inside out, metamorphy by the renewing of your mind. How, how, how do we get turned inside out? Because we have to understand that God is trying to take us in a new place. Next slide, please. Then Jesus, wow, I love this. He opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. So just let the Lord open your eyes even further. You know, when Paul was blind, scales fall, fell off of his eyes so that he could see. And Jesus opened their minds at the end of his life. He opened their minds so that they could understand. They'd been walking with him. They'd been watching him. They'd been participants of the miracles. And yet they still couldn't see. They still couldn't understand. So he opened their eyes and he said this. This is what is written. The Christ. He's talking about himself. The anointed one. Christ is the anointed one who smears. He will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day. The Christ will suffer and raise from the dead on the third day. And, you know, I, I, this, this place of the third day, I, I've written books on it and talked about it. And the, the thing is, you know, we know that um, a day in the Lord is just a thousand years and we are the third thousandth year from the fall. So we are in the third day from the cross, metaphorically speaking, and uh, says that Christ will raise from the dead on the third day. So there's a, a resurrection that's happening on the third day. It had happened on resurrection day. But this is the third day also, and, and we have seen the scripture for a long time, but the day in Jerusalem starts at night, and so we haven't been able to fully see it. But now it's the daytime, and we're beginning to see that there's a raising from the dead happening on the third day, and it's in, it's in a people. And that's not just words to say, and that's just not a, a, a good message but there has to be a principled reality that there's people that you'll be with that you know touch God there's people that you're with that you know dwell in a place that you want to be and there's a, 
new dimensions and new arenas for you to hope for. I'm trying to bring you hope today. Because it's, resurrection is not just an event that happened a long time ago. What happened to Jesus is supposed to be happening to us. The same spirit that rose him from the dead is supposed to be quickening us right now. Colossians 3 says, when Christ your life appears, you will appear with him in glory. That's, that's this resurrection of, of us. And we somehow, religion has made us think that this is later, after we die, when we go to heaven. But the scripture is telling us that the consummation of, of this understanding is when he opens our minds to understand the scriptures. And we understand that Christ will rise from the dead in the third day, and it happens in me right now. Happens in me right now. Well, there's just so much I want to share with you. And there's so much to say about this. And even though, even though we know it, we know, surely we know, Surely we know how much there is for us to learn. For Luke 17 says, See here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. See here, see there, the kingdom of God is inside of you. Everything that we need and want, the all things that God has given are already here. They're already given to us. The limitation is in our understanding of our minds. The ability to comprehend. The understanding is what gives us new revelation and new dimensions that we haven't imagined before. So I pray then that as we take communion today, it will not just be in remembrance of what has been done for us in the past, but it will be in expectation of what is future for us. And that as we partake of his body, we understand that he was given, he gave his life for us so that we could have everything that he promised. And he gave his blood to heal us in every arena of our lives. So, Father, we just thank you, God, for today. God, we thank you for uh, changing the way we think. God, we thank you that we can begin to understand, Lord, that you open our eyes to understand the scriptures even in greater ways than we did even earlier today. Lord, that you bring us into new dimensions, new levels, that you bring us past our fallen nature. Lord, you bring us past 
the abilities in ourselves, God, and that we begin to understand that it's up to us now, Lord, and we begin to walk in the fullness of where you called us. And the Lord says for us to open our eyes. The Lord says to begin to walk in, in the fullness of who you are. And many people won't like that when you begin to walk in the fullness of who you are in that assurity of who he sent you to be. But that is the that is the revealing of Christ in a people. In Jesus name. Thank you. Thank you. Amen.